Slayers. This is Mixtress Ray, and you're listening to What's This Bitch Talking About? To which the answer to that question is every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer exactly 20 years after its original air date. Which means since today's February 29th, 2020, we are talking about Who Are You? Which is one of my top five episodes of Buffy ever. So I better do it right. Um... I've got the scene all set. I'm sitting in my little closet recording space. I have um, like this TV tray table, sort of oversized TV tray table that I use as my um, tarot reading table. <laughs> Etsy.com slash shop slash mixtress tarot, M-I-X-T-R-E-S-S-T-A-R-O-T. If you would like a reading from me, I just added a new reading to my shop this week. Um, pretty excited about it. Um, anyway, that's self-promotion over. Um, I've got it all set up with, I kind of set like a little witchy space. I've got a saint candle and I've got my, um, usual two little tea light candles that I always have in the room. One of them is in a little seventies hippie flower holder. And one of them is in an amethyst, um, just like one of those like amethyst clusters with like the little core taken out of it, the little circular core taken out of it so you can put a candle in there. And I've got my shot of whiskey, which I'm going to take here in a second. Um, just a little business to get us started. This is the last episode until April 4th, which means the entire month of March, there was no episode of Buffy or Angel. Um, so we're going to come back... And then there's only two episodes in April. There's one in the beginning and then one in the end. And then we'll have every week in May, we'll be talking um, about episodes and then we'll be off for summer. So there's only, let's see, after today, there's only two in April and then four in May. So there's only six episodes left of the season, both Angel and Buffy. So, okay. I'm a little nervous to um, talk about this episode because it's so important to me. This is an episode that this is probably the most important character arc episode for Faith ever. Um, we are going to, I'm really excited to be able to talk about the Angel episodes coming up that are going to have Faith on it because that's an important part of her arc as well. Um, and I'm actually going to get really into it once we get to that point, which I talked about last week. So I don't need to repeat that, but, um, I'm, I'm kind of nervous cause I want to do it justice <laughs> as I have a lot of thoughts and I'm afraid I'm not going to say them all. I'm not going to remember to say them all. Um, but, um, let's just start with the episode guide bite me by Nikki Stafford. Sorry. I always feel like I need to like say it, even though I'm always repeating it. Cause that's my main Buffy research resource. I think I've basically decided like it has been maybe a month or so since I've consulted my other Buffy books. Cause I have all these 
academic Buffy books that I used to because they have an index so I can look up episodes and see when they've mentioned specific episodes, but it just never really pans out, like, because it's not they're not the kind of books that you can just, even though they have indexes, and I'm glad they have indexes, they're really not the kind of books that you can, like, just, like, read little snippets of whenever they casually mention an episode. I really need to just go back in. I haven't read them since I first bought them, which would have been, like, 2005 or before. So it's been a long time since I've read those books. Um, so I've kind of just stopped consulting them because they usually don't yield anything and it just takes a lot of time to sort through the information and decide that it's not really that useful anyway. So I think, I mean, I know you guys probably don't give a shit, <laughs> but um, I think I'm probably going to abandon those particular research tools. Like, I, they're still, I'm not going to get rid of them, but I'm just going to stop, like, pretending that I'm going to use them, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> pretending to myself that I'm going to use them. So my main resources are just, I usually try for research sake, I usually try to watch the TPN guide, which is um, the passionate nerd from YouTube. So a lot of the times, you know, I will try to cite whenever I'm using one of his thoughts. Um, but I have decided also while we're doing like research updates that you guys probably don't give a shit about, but thank you for bearing with me. Um... I used to listen to the episodes of Buffering the Vampire Slayer, which is the best Buffy podcast. Unfortunately, I will never attain what they do. What they do is amazing. And, you know, my biggest goal, my dearest hope is that someday they will, like, s somehow find out that I exist and give me a little shout out on their podcast. And then I would just die because they're amazing. But I realized that, like, a lot of the things they talk about, I'm just, you know, I, my sentimentality is very similar to theirs in a lot of ways. And, like, a lot of the things they talk about are things that I wonder, because usually I end up listening to their episode, like, the day of, around the day of that I do my first watch of Buffy on Thursdays, and then I rewatch it again on the Saturday before I talk to you guys. Um, so I, I just ran into this problem where I was thinking, you know, like how many of these thoughts did I hear them say that I would have had on my own while watching it? Um, it just made me feel like I was plagiarizing them in a way. So I've started this new thing where I don't listen to their episode until I've already recorded and uploaded my episode because I really enjoy their podcast so much, but I don't want to keep questioning myself on like whether or not the things that I say are just me copying off of their thoughts. I started to really feel like, I mean, not that we're, we're not in direct competition, but I wanted for you guys as listeners also, if any of you, I mean, I'm a big Buffy nerd. I would listen to more than one Buffy podcast if, I mean, there's not that many. I've listened to a lot of the ones that were out there before I started recording mine. So I don't know how many more are out there now. And none of them were to the caliber of buffering the Vampire Slayer podcast. So I ended up either they, a lot of Buffy podcasts, people will start them and then they'll just sort of trail off somewhere around season two or three and they don't ever finish the project. Um, 
which is sad. There was one that I, oh my God, let me know you guys, if you ever, if you are podcast nerds like I am and you, and obviously you're Buffy nerds because you're listening to this. Let me know if you ever listened to the Slayerettes podcast, because that one was so fun and they stopped recording pretty early in like they were only like maybe in the beginning of season three I don't even remember when they stopped recording and it just unceremoniously stopped like I even messaged them they used to have a forum I was on their forum I messaged them on their forum I messaged them on like their SoundCloud and they never answered so I don't know what happened to them they just disappeared and their podcast was so fun and insightful and strange and lo-fi and it was just it was the best. So let me know if any of you guys um, know what I'm talking about. But anyway, all of that is just to say, which is like, don't drink every time I say all of that is just to say, because I say that a lot, um, that I, um, I'm not going to listen. So if you are also a listener of both of those podcasts, because my thought was like, if I were you and I was listening to this podcast and Buffering the Vampire Slayer episodes in tandem, um, which I don't know if any of y'all are doing that, but if I were, it would just be kind of annoying if all the time I'm like, well, and also they said on buffering this and I agree or disagree, here's why. So that's just not going to be part of my research anymore. It's just going to be something that I do for fun and I listen to it whenever the fuck I want, which might mean I will allow myself to listen to it on off times, you know, like I might let myself actually get caught up with it because they're, I think they're in season five now. They're like about a year ahead of me. And if I hear the episodes like six months before I actually talk to you guys about it, that's not going to be something that bothers me. But when I listen to it right before I record my own podcast and all of their thoughts are fresh in my mind, I don't know which thoughts are mine and which are theirs. And I just don't want to do that. So Again, long explanation that you guys don't give a shit about, but I'm just letting you know, since it's a, it's a thing, I try to cite my resources. I try to make sure that when I'm telling you something that was an idea given to me by the passionate nerd on YouTube, that I cite him. I try to tell you whenever I'm talking about buffering the vampire slayer, one of their opinions, I try to cite them. Um, and I try to cite Nikki Stafford's episode guide whenever I'm referring to that. So I want to make sure that like, even though this is a podcast and <laughs> that I am still, you know, given the bibliography that I'm citing my sources, you know, I want to give credit where credit is due, but I'm like, because they are the ones that are the most like me as far as sentimentality. And as far as the fact that we both do Buffy podcasts that are currently happening right now, even though they're, they're a year ahead of me and I'll probably never catch up to them. Um, they take little breaks here and there though. Every once in a while, they'll take like a month off and stuff. So they could get way ahead of me if they were doing one a week consistently. But since they give themselves little vacations, um, they're always kind of a year ahead of me. I mean, at some point they might end up being a little bit more ahead of me than that. But anyway, anyway, um, so that's just business shit, getting the business shit out of the way. So I used to, I mean, if y'all have been listening for any length of time, you know that I used to try to put an episode in every once in a while, even if we were off of our Buffy schedule, like 
at this point, my general plan is to not do that. Like, I mean, I'll come on if I just miss you guys and I feel like talking. And I'll always let you know at the beginning of the episode, like, what it is. You know, if it if my podcast episode title is not the title of a Buffy episode, then you know I'm not going to be talking about Buffy. If I'm talking about some other thing, then I'll make it the title of that thing. Or I'll just put the title, you know, this is a personal podcast episode, whatever. Like a perzine. Um, and you guys can avoid that if that's not your thing. I'll always be very upfront about that, you know, because Libra Sun, Libra Rising, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway, um, so that's all the business shit. So let's get going. I'm going to take my shot and we're going to start talking about who are you. I've got to stop buying cheap whiskey. It's just, you know, sometimes I have no choice. Okay. Okay. Oh, wait. One more business thing. Just because I'm going to repeat this particular request over and over just to make sure that, you know, whoever needs to hear it, whoever, one of you listening right now might have the capacity to help me realize a dream that I didn't realize I had until last week. So this is something that I'm probably just going to say in every podcast episode. So bear with me. At least you don't have to listen to ads, right? Because I don't have any sponsors. <laughs> Check out my Patreon if you would like to support me since I don't have any sponsors. Patreon.com slash MixtressRay. M-I-X-T-R-E-S-S-R-A-E. Okay, so I had this idea last week. Bear with me because if you listened to last, the last podcast, you've already heard this. And I'm going to say it again, even after tonight. I realized that it would really enhance my experience as, as an analog format nerd and a Buffy nerd if I could watch the Buffy episodes recorded onto VHS tapes with the commercials and everything. So if you have, even if it wasn't the original airing, even if you have like a recording of a rerun or something on VHS, if you have that, or even if you have an idea of how to find something like that, let me know, mixtressradio at gmail.com. I will, if you do not want me to keep them forever, I will keep them only until that particular, the particular episodes that you send me air and I've recorded my podcast for them and then I will mail it back to you. I will also pay shipping for you to get it to me. So just let me know. Um, and if you don't want them back, I will give them a good home. I have a VCR that's plugged in at all times. I don't even have to get it out and dust it off and plug it in or anything. It's ready to go. Like I don't fuck around when it comes to old formats of things. The only formats of like music or any, the only audio visual, audio visual formats that I do not have access to are reel to reel tapes and eight tracks. <laughs> Uh, I'm kind of a stereo nerd. Okay. Let's start talking about who are you? I can't stall anymore. I'm just like, it's one of those things where like I'm self-sabotaging because I'm worried that I'm just, it's one of my very favorite episodes of television ever, ever. And I'm just like nervous to like get things wrong or not say what I really want to say. This could be one of those things 
one of those episodes that I might choose to revisit later on, you know, maybe like my top five or top 10, even after I'm done with this project, I might revisit. You know what I realized the other day? I think it was the last week that I thought about this. I told, and I've told you guys from the beginning that like with this particular project, I have rules for myself. Like I'm doing this, you know, recapping, rehashing, re all the things, every episode of Buffy 20 years later. But the rule that I had for myself going into it was I was not allowed to watch ahead. I was not allowed to watch any episodes except for on the, like the initial viewing that I do watch two days early. And then the day that's 20 years later from the air date. I wasn't allowed to watch ahead. I wasn't allowed to watch any episodes from the season that I'm currently doing, except for the 20 years later date. But I was going to allow myself to rewatch other seasons when, whenever I felt like it, either an earlier season or a later season, just not the current season. However, this entire time I've been doing this project, which since we're in season four, we are now four years into me doing this project. I started it in 2017. I mean, I guess we're literally just, well, it was March, 2017, wasn't it? Is that right? Hold on. Yeah. First episode aired March, 1997. So, I mean, I guess we're technically three years in, but we're in season four. So I'm three years into this project. And even though I'm, you know, Buffy's my favorite show, I rewatch it all the time. I haven't done that during this project. So since I'm like halfway in at this point, what do you guys think? Do you have an opinion? Do you think I should stop or not stop? Do you think that I should continue with this trajectory, not allowing myself to watch any Buffy episodes except the ones that are 20 years later? I think maybe I should since I'm already halfway through it. I mean, that does mean, okay, when will I be done with, done with this project? Apparently I'm still stalling. Sorry. Let's see. I'm looking through my episode guide just to see when the last episode is. Season seven. Okay, here we are. Here we are. The last episode of the series. There's a lot of content on the last episode. Is May 2003. May 20th, 2003. So that'll be 2023. So I I'll need to make it through three more years. So I'm basically, I am almost halfway through in May. I will be halfway through. I don't know. I'm not going to make a definitive answer on that. I'm still going to allow myself like if for some reason, cause I know, I know I'll just keep an eye on it. I'll let you know if I ever break the fast of not of watching. I haven't watched any episodes outside of this project essentially since I started it. So I'll let you know if I break that fast, but cause I know that if like, you know, there's some kind of, if there's just some sort of moment in my life where I'm like, I need to fucking watch season six of Buffy right now, then I will. I'll allow myself to do it as long as I'm not currently going through season six for this project. Anyway. <laughs> Now that I've talked for 20 minutes about things not relating to the goddamn episode we're supposed to be talking about, this is going to be a long one tonight, guys. Like, obviously, you know, because you can see how long it's going to be. You know that. I don't know that right now. Okay. So I'm going to read from Nikki Stafford's episode guide and comment as we go. I'm going to do like I did last week. 
since her her descriptions are of the episodes are usually only like three to five paragraphs long, so it's something that I can do. So all credit for the following content goes to Nikki Stafford. Original air date, February 29th, 2000, written and directed by Joss Whedon. Um, okay, here's the summary. What, with Faith and Buffy in each other's bodies, Buffy has to prove to the Watchers Council that she's not actually Faith before they ship her off to England. It's a terrible summi- summary, Nikki. I'm sorry. Usually yours are really good, but this is that one's terrible. Okay, here we go. Here's her um, content of her um, episode guide. Elijah Dushku and... Sarah Michelle Geller are outstanding playing each other in this funny, tense, and sad episode. I wouldn't call this episode funny. I mean, it's got little moments, but it's not really funny. But it's definitely tense and sad. <laughs> it's clear they've watched each other act out the scenes first and then mimicked each other's actions to make Eliza seem like Buffy and Sarah like Faith. This is interesting. This is something that my Michael said while we were watching it too. Like they must have acted it out as their normal characters first. And I, that never occurred to me, but that would make sense. I just assumed that they studied each other's acting just in general from before. Um, but that would be interesting to know if anybody has that information, let me know. Radio at gmail. Um, Sarah has Eliza's laugh down pat when she's at Giles's house while Eliza nails Sarah's stutter in the back of the council van. Um, she does do a really good job. I think overall, Sarah Michelle Geller is the better actor at this point in her career because, um, Eliza hadn't done as much acting up to this point as Sarah had done, but, um, I do think they both do a really great job, especially Sarah. Eliza keeps the constant worry lines that Buffy would have always looking like she's in fear of her friends being hurt while Sarah adopts the faith strut swagger and because it's wrong sarcasm. But not only do they mimic each other's actions and words, they have to evoke each other's subtleties. When Buffy in faith in faith's body confronts Giles and tries to convince him she really is Buffy. She's earnest one minute and then does the off topic What's a stevedore? Questioning that makes Buffy so charming. Yeah, that scene was probably the most convincing. Like, she is acting like Buffy right now. This this is working. Yeah. Questioning that makes Buffy so charming. Meanwhile, Sarah has to show the guilt that Faith feels. She's awful to Tara, but she's putting on a show. And only later when she's alone will she feel the remorse for what she's done. Unfortunately, Eliza is superior at Faith in the sense because even when she's being mean, we can see the pain she's masking beneath, whereas Sarah as Faith just comes across as mean. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't think of that. That's true. Nikki Stafford, always with the insights. An interesting aspect of the body switching is the effect of Buffy's absence on her friends, on her friends, Giles, Willow, Riley, even her own mother don't recognize her. Buffy is acting so strangely and no one seems to catch on. This is something that I, I don't like it. I think that there should have been a little bit of, I realize that there's a lot of shit happening in this one episode. They really could have made this a three parter, honestly. Um, I think they should have shown a little bit of sideways, like no one even was like, dude, Buffy, what is with you today? Like no one questions it. And maybe it really is because of time. Maybe they had to cut out like, you know, 
some stuff from the episode and there's some missing deleted scenes where there was a little bit of that. That was the part that really bugged me because she was acting so weird. Like everything was weird about her. Her hair was suddenly curly, which I love that touch, by the way. We'll get there. She was dressing like Faith and she was acting completely blasé about everything. You know, she was, she went from being like put upon morality girl to like bad girl in two seconds. And they would have caught that normally. They would have been like, Buffy, what is the deal with you today? And no one said that. No one even, no one even looked at her sideways. We'll talk about it. Buffy's acting so strangely and no one seems to catch on. Joyce probably assumed she's picking up the new behavior at college. Okay, I can get that because Joyce hasn't even fucking seen her in, you know, like a month or two. Willow and Giles likely suspect she's gotten it from the initiative. And Riley, well, he's just happy she's got it. He's just happy she's got it? What the fuck does that mean? It takes Tara, someone who's never even met Buffy, to figure out what's happened. The shining moment of the episode is in the church, where Adam's vampire legion has taken the small congregation hostage. And Riley, the little church-going (laughs) goody-goody, has arrived at church late. Does he realize he's going to hell for that? Okay, calm down, Nikki Stafford. She was probably pretty young when she wrote this. Faith is on her way to a life of Caribbean freedom when she hears the news, and despite her evil nature, she chooses to help the hostages over saving herself. When she and Buffy square off in the church, Faith reacts. Faith reaches her low point, beating on her own body and declaring her hatred for the person she's become. Sarah is excellent, as is Dushku, who shows Buffy's shock at what Faith's doing to herself. It's a poignant, poignant moment. I never know if I'm pronouncing that word properly. And conveniently in a church, the one that will lead to her salvation. The faith storyline continued on Angel with the episodes 5 by 5 and Sanctuary. Ooh, I can't wait for that. Okay. Highlight. Giles trying to distract the officer by flailing his arms about as if he were the Fjarl demon again. Damn it, man, we have to get inside. Our families are in there. Our uh, mothers and tiny, tiny babies. <laughs> uh nitpicks does buffy always have to get so self-righteous on her boyfriend she gets so jealous and insecure around faith and when angel works with her to uncover faith's secrets and enemies she doesn't forgive him for doing what she told him to here she says to riley you slept with her like he should have assumed some body switching had been going on behind his back and when faith says to spike you're a vampire why exactly does he go ahead and explain that yes he's a vampire who happens to have a chip in his head which happens to render him powerless etc when he should just assume faith who he thinks is buffy knows everything already a little too convenient good point um okay so then it's just a list of the music that plays in the episode um which let's talk about that for a second there was some good music in this episode vivian by nerf herder Blah, blah, blah. The Cure's watching me fall. That's when Faith is, like, telling Spike what she could do to him with all of her muscles he's never even dreamed of. And then Sweet Charlotte Rose from Headland 2 plays at the bronze when Tara, Willow, and Faith are talking. So, okay. Cool. All right. Let's get to my notes at this point. Where is my bookmark so I can close this book? Okay. 
why you guys have to hear my chair squeaking all the time. Let me know if it annoys the shit out of you and I will endeavor to think about doing something about it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Before we get started, <laughs> I realize that not a lot of people love and empathize with faith as much as I do. Hopefully that means I bring a unique perspective to the discussions about Buffy. But I, in order to ground myself, I made a list the other day of all of the bad things that Faith has done. Because I was thinking to myself, like, is she really that much of a bad girl? Like, what has she done so far? Oh, shit, I just remembered something that I didn't write down that she did. These are all things that Faith has done wrong from my memory. Okay. Beat up hospital bangs, which is my nickname for the really cute chick that she beat up in the last episode after she woke up from her coma. These are in no particular order, by the way. They're not in chronological character order. Number two, she tried to do Angel. Like she tried to, you know, have sex with him so he would lose his soul. Number three, she killed the deputy, deputy mayor, deputy mayor. That one was an accident. Okay. So maybe this should be a list of things that she did on purpose that are bad. So that's the only thing that she didn't do on purpose. Everything else she did on purpose. Number four, she killed a professor. Number five, she took Willow hostage and threatened her. And there was a mean willow situation like she was rubbing a knife on her face or something i just remember there was something number six she tried to kill angel whenever she ended up poisoning him with that dart or she was trying to poison him i guess she wasn't actually trying to kill him she knew she was poisoning him so she poisoned angel we'll change that to poisoned angel number seven she killed some random demon um not random demon. It was that weird little squirrely guy that was, that had all those books that had the books of Ascension. She killed him instead of just paying him for the books of Ascension. Um, she could have paid him and moved along with her life. That's what the mayor wanted her to do. I think was just pay him for the books, but instead she killed him and saved the money. Number eight, she killed the demon that was trying to give her the VHS and the Katra thing, the fidget spinner Katra thing, um, that the mayor left for her when she woke up from the coma in the last episode. Number nine, she punched Joyce in the last episode. Number 10, she raped not only Riley, but also Buffy. We'll get there. Number 11, she choked Xander. So that was a while ago, like, that was, you know, when she had just gone bad and she was freaking out and she was, and she was trying to have sex with Xander again, but he was saying no. So she, it wasn't really an attempted rape. She was kind of not taking no for an answer and she started choking him. So I don't know if you call that choke and attempted rape. I don't know. Anyway, that happened. And then number 12 in this episode, she was mean to Tara. <laughs> Maybe we should also add she tried to steal Buffy's life from her by, you know, taking her body and all that shit. 
So that's my list of things to help ground myself since I'm so, I have so much empathy for Faith because I can feel her isolation and like, it's almost like the bad things that she does are kind of a background noise to me because I know that she's doing them out of so much pain and hurt, you know? Okay. So just, you know, <laughs> when I watch this shit with my mom, she's like, I'm going to have to hear about this on the podcast because my Michael usually comes and watches it with us. So it's me, my Michael and my mom watching it together on Thursday nights. Um, and then I watch it by myself when I watch it on Saturdays, but Michael's like arguing. He argues with me the whole time and then we have to pause it and then we're having arguments and like, he's not quite as on the side of faith as I am. And so we were just getting into heated arguments the other night and my mom just like shuts us down and she's like, I'm going to have to hear about this on the podcast. So you shut up. <laughs> I don't want to have to hear it twice. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay, let's get into my fucking 30 minutes into the podcast. Okay, so here's like the first time that we're really in this, in the first time in this two episode, this two-parter, that we hear someone like saying something empathetic about Faith. I mean, I guess we got that little moment between Buffy and Giles at his house in the last episode, but Joyce, Joyce says at the very beginning of this episode... I just hope she gets some kind of help. And then she says something to the effect later, um, when the cops are gone, why do you think she's like that? And, uh, first of all, I mean, it, Nikki Stafford said this in her episode guide, but it is amazing how much of a transformation between Sarah Michelle Gellar playing Buffy and Sarah Michelle Gellar playing Faith. She does such a good job. All the little mannerisms, even like the way she pronounces words, she's doing everything like Faith. And immediately, it's like this, I I mean, I didn't go back and double check for sure, but I'm pretty sure her hair is curlier at the beginning of this episode than it was at the end of the last episode, which would have taken place seconds apart in the timeline. <laughs> Her hair is curly, which makes complete sense to me. Like, even though Faith's hair isn't super curly. I mean, it's got like a loose wave to it, but. And I love Buffy's hair curly. I don't know. She just looks, I just think everybody looks better with curly hair. <laughs> this is a rare instance that I prefer. I just like wild hair. That's just, it's just my thing. I think when people have like whatever texture of hair, their hair naturally comes. Just let it happen, babies. I think it looks great. Um, okay. So the first thing that happens that you notice, like, so Joyce hugs Buffy as Faith in Buffy's body and Faith can't take it. She, she can't take the mom hug. Like, and it occurred to me when I was just watching it right before I started recording, like when was the last time Faith was hugged? like genuinely hugged. Like if we're taking the novel about the prequel novel of, of Faith, um, oh God, what is it called? Mm, I own it. It's downstairs. I'm not going to go get it. But anyway, there's a prequel novel that's not 
not actually canon, but if we accept it as canon, which I do, she has had a really painful upbringing. Like, she maybe hasn't been hugged with genuine love since her first watcher that she had a really good relationship with. And it's possible they shared a hug at some point, but it's possible that they didn't because maybe it was, you know, a watcher slayer relationship would be kind of awkward. It'd be like a teacher student relationship and you might not like want to do the hug thing. If they didn't do the hug thing, then she hasn't had a genuine loving hug from someone possibly ever. So take that in, take that in. Like she's getting this hug from Joyce in this moment and she doesn't know what to do with it. She, she's, it's an alien feeling to her and she can't take it. Then she takes a bath, which is just a, a funny little moment of like her relishing the new body that she's in. And I, I mean, it's never really a subject that's dealt with on Buffy, but I think that if it, I think that it's quite possible that Faith is bisexual. Um, later in this episode, actually, we see her like dancing all sexy with people at the bronze and it's mostly dudes, but she does dance sexy with a girl at one point. Um, so, and I, you know, just the way that she treats Buffy, it's like, she's always wanted to be her. She hasn't quite crossed the line into flirting with her outright, but you can tell that there's something there it's not necessarily reciprocated, you know, like Buffy doesn't really reciprocate, but Faith feels something for Buffy. So this acquisition of Buffy's body, like she's always wanted to be intimate with Buffy, I think, because she has the life that Faith has always wanted. And now she finally has it. Not only the life, but there's also some sexuality there, I think. So then, then she has the cute little mirror scene where she's like practicing being Buffy. Like you can't do that because it's wrong. And it's just so perfect. And she looks so cute with her curly hair. I just like, oh, I wish Buffy had curly hair all the time. It just looks, I don't know. It just looks so natural to me. Like maybe they actually had to curl it to make it look like that, but it just looks right to me. Okay. Okay. Then we get a scene between Tara and Willow. There are several scenes with Tara and Willow in this episode. My first note was, Tara has tarot cards. <laughs> She's like sitting on the bed, on her bed, like doing little a little reading for herself, shuffling cards and stuff. You do not see them clearly enough because I paused it and I really studied. It's not the like typical Rider-Waite-Smith deck because I would have recognized the cards because you could see them kind of well, but not well enough to know what cards they were or anything like that. It could have just been, been like something that the prop department made up. This is where we get the conversation between Tara and Will. That's kind of heartbreaking to me that like Tara's like, so she's there. Willow's all worried about like the faith situation and Tara's like, well, you should be safe here. I mean, no one knows you're here no one even knows I exist. Right. And then Willow goes into this speech where she's like, I mean, we're, it's kind of a specific group that revolves around the slaying and blah, blah, blah. And I really do want you to meet them, but 
it's kind of nice having something that's just mine. And then you get that moment, that iconic moment where Tara says, I am, you know, and Willow's like, what? And she says, yours. So it's sweet. It's a sweet moment. Um, that's couched in a little bit of like, I mean, if I were Tara, I, and this is just me. If I were Tara, I would be pretty pissed off that Willow's like hiding me from her friends. But I get that, you know, there's, there's some like gay shame going on here. That is not something that is part of my experience is not something that I understand fully. So I recognize that this is something that is very recognizable to other people, but not necessarily to me. So just take that acknowledgement and move on. <laughs> um, so Faith is, so after she takes her bath, she puts on some leather pants and a black tank top and she kind of puts on like a push-up bra or something. And she's like, okay, I can deal with this. And she's got black eyeliner. She's got the Faith makeup on essentially cute curly hair and boots and she finds that Buffy has a passport which my note was Buffy has a passport why like when has she ever been out of the country number one and also like I I I don't know, like, was that a normal thing in the late 90s, early 2000s that you would just have a passport? I don't know, maybe, like, she has one that hasn't expired yet from, like, some vacation that her parents took her on before they got divorced, but she'd need a new one at this point. Anyway, whatever, that's just a nitpick. Um, so she finds Buffy's passport. She uses Joyce's credit card to book a flight. The first flight is 10 a.m. the next morning. And I'm wondering what the fuck time is it? You know, because we're in the second part of a two-parter. I guess it was newly night when Buffy first broke in to whenever Faith first showed up at Joyce's house. And it's February February in California means that it probably gets dark pretty early, you know, late afternoon still. So I guess we can assume at this point it's after she's had her bath and changed her clothes and sent Faith, Buffy and Faith's body to jail that maybe she's, uh, maybe it's like 8 p.m. at this point. I don't know. Because then she goes to Giles's house. I mean, all of this shit's supposed to happen in one night, which, okay, it's another nitpick, whatever. <laughs> I'll try to move on. <laughs> try not to obsess about all the things that happen in this one fucking night. But, um, anyway, so she, okay, so this is where I want to start pointing out some of the choices that Faith makes while she's in Buffy's body. She makes a lot of really good, as in morally good, decisions throughout. First of all, like, Giles calls Joyce. She gets, he gets the information of everything that's happened, I guess, from her. And um, when he gets off the phone, he's like, Giles wants you, you to go over there. Like, whatever. He has news, something. And she's like, sure. Like, after she books that flight, like if she really wants to just get out of town, 
then she would just lay low for the evening and then get out of town in the morning. But she makes a series of choices that involve her living as Buffy. She is curious to see what it's like to live as Buffy. So it's like she already has the capacity for redemption right in the beginning. You know, I don't think my theory is that Faith never truly went to the dark side. Yeah, she did a lot of shitty things, but the sum total of the shitty things that she did, she killed two humans. And then she did some other shitty stuff. Some of it was completely her fault and some of it wasn't. You know, of the two humans that she killed, one of them she was doing because the mayor asked her to, and the other one was an accident. And I think her choice to go when she first woke up from the coma, her choice to go, like, see what was going on at Giles' Giles's house and, like, watching what was happening was her gauging the situation. Like... Are these people somebody that I can go back to? Are they going to try to help me? She wanted to feel that out. And by the content of their discussion, she realized that it was not, that they were not going to help her. You know, they were not in a place to help her. And I think that she was kind of feeling that situation out. So at this point, when Giles, Joyce tells her that Giles wants her at his house she chooses to go over there she has no reason to do that and she could just blow them off and you know none of them would probably really think anything of it they would just be like well i guess buffy didn't make it because she's tired after the fight with faith she probably wanted some time to herself which is totally within buffy's character you know that would have completely made sense but that's not what she did she went over there she wanted to see them. She wanted to see how it felt to be treated like Buffy. She wanted that. And she makes choices throughout this whole episode that reinforce that. Um, okay, my next note is Watcher's Council gets cop car. Um, so the cops are, they've got Faith sedated in the and they're taking her in, whatever. And then the Watcher's Council intervenes and causes a wreck in order to get Buffy into, Buffy and Faith's body into the, like, the armored vehicle or whatever the fuck. Um, okay, so that happens. Then we see um, Faith just waltz right in to Giles' place, which is an interesting um, mirror to, like, the camera shot that is done. This was pointed out in the Passionate Nerds um, YouTube channel. I don't know if I would have noticed this myself. I don't think I would have. But it's it's a similar shot as in the last episode, the sort of like pan in to Faith sitting at the window watching them from outside in the last episode. It's the same sort of camera shot, only it's panning to Faith and Buffy's body walking straight in to Giles's apartment. So that's just a cool little thing that I would have missed. Um, so she comes in and it's Xander, Anya, Willow, Giles, and Buffy. 
slash Faith. Um, and at one point, she, whenever she says, didn't Joyce tell you? I already kicked that ass when they're talking about Faith. At this point, I started watching Giles's face because I thought, if anybody's going to fucking know what's going on here, or at least know that something is off, it would be Giles. And he kind of is looking at her sideways a little bit. But he doesn't actually let on that he knows anything. And he's not doing a whole lot of prop work in this particular scene. <laughs> Just because I'm always paying attention to that. Um, at, but my next note was, how is this not a red flag? <laughs> the fact that she said, didn't Joyce tell you? I already kicked that ass. That is not how Buffy would have reacted. First of all, she would have called her mom Joyce. Second of all, she would have been like really like sad about it. Like... Yeah, I can't imagine what she's feeling right now. Blah, blah, blah. She would have been in a sad place. and But it tracks that Faith wouldn't even be thinking that Buffy would react like that necessarily. She wouldn't be trying to go there necessarily. But still, people should have been like, Buffy, why are you so weird? You're wearing leather pants and you've got cleavage. You never have cleavage. Like, what's happening? Um, at one point, kind of in the background, I loved this. Anya says, so you're saying everything's fine? Well, I'm glad you called us all here because that information could never have been conveyed by telephone. <laughs> um, and then she says like she'd like to get out of here because her and Xander had a romantic evening planned and or Xander says that part and then Anya says yeah we were going to light a bunch of candles and then have sex near them <laughs> oh, that's so funny um then cut to like I guess after she leaves there she decides to go to the bronze and um she's just dancing letting off steam you know the type of thing that Faith would have done in this moment um and she's dancing with boys and girls and she's just having a good time and we can assume that she might be drinking but we don't actually see her do it at any point which is an interesting choice why did they not show her drinking i guess because she's technically still under age but i don't know it seems like the way that she ran into spike was in a kind of like "ooh, i'm a little tipsy kind of way so i don't know just a silly little thing um so then she runs into spike and then we get that scene. Um, at one point, she's like, the answer to Spike asking her something, I can't remember what it was, but she says, "I maybe he said something like, do you know why I don't like you or something like that? And Faith's like, because I'm a stuck up tight ass with no sense of fun. <laughs> and Spike's like, well, yeah, that covers a lot of it. <laughs> This is another, like, in these last two episodes, Spike just sort of, like, he's in one scene, but he does a great job, and it's like, I mean, it's like that with Spike and Adam in the last two episodes. Like, they both, bleh, bleh, bleh. both of them show up for, like, a second, and with Spike, it's fine. He steals the scene, he makes a nice moment, and then he's gone. But with Adam, it's like, oh, this guy, <laughs> both times. <laughs> anyway, was he even in the last episode? Who knows? Who cares? Okay, but he's in this one. And then we get that whole thing 
um, where Buffy's like, you know, she does that whole thing. That whole thing. You know, she does it. The Cure song starts, and then she's like, I could ride you at a gallop and warm champagne and blah, blah, blah. And Spike's like, whoa, dude. (laughs) And then my next note was, she could have raped Buffy's body using Spike instead of Riley. Like, this is another choice that Faith made. Surely Spike is more Faith's type than Riley, right? But she, well, I don't know. I mean, the fact that she went for Xander, maybe she chooses guys that she views as weak. So that argument could be made. However, it, she could have had sex with Spike right here. She could have done that. He would have been fine with it. I'm sure. But she doesn't. And I think she makes that choice because she's living as Buffy. And she puts it all together in this moment. Since Spike did some nice exposition here, she knows that he's a vampire. So she doesn't have sex with him. Because she's experimenting with Buffy's morality. I mean, obviously, because that whole mirror thing was because it's wrong because it's wrong and that theme is played out throughout the episode of her like transitioning from pretending that she's Buffy by saying that something's wrong to her kind of halfway thinking something's wrong when she says it's wrong to the end of the episode when she says something's wrong she says it with conviction so this is another choice that Faith makes She doesn't have sex with Spike here, and she really could have. Okay. And my next note was, Adam, whatever. (laughs) I don't even care about talking about the scene with Adam in it. It has something to do with vampires, and the vampires come in later. Whatever. Um... I didn't like that. I don't like this whole council, Watcher's Council thing. I mean, I get the fact that this is like a special force... But I don't like, if we're talking about transgressions here, I don't like that Giles goes along with this special task force watcher's council thing. Because I feel like he would know enough about it to know how corrupt they are. Because they're extremely corrupt. They call Faith an it. They end up trying to kill her at one point, which I didn't pick up on. I never picked up on that little moment. We'll get there until I was just watching it right before recording this. Like, they're shitty, and Giles seems to be on board with them having control of Faith right now. I mean, I get that they don't really know what to do with her. And I guess maybe he had more faith in it than he thought, but... He had more faith in it than he really should have, but I don't know. This whole thing, it it could have been handled better, but whatever. Let's see. It's awake. Council might have given a shit about the spell. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. This, this whole Watcher's Council special forces thing just seems, it's really corrupt, um, and gross and whatever, but I guess the Watcher's Council already sucks, so I should not think about that too hard. 
one of the Watchers Council guys spits in Faith's face. I think this is Buffy as Faith. I think that this is an important moment. Like, it's really hard to see that, first of all. However, I think it was important. I wish they had shown a little bit more of how Buffy felt being treated like Faith. We got to see a lot of how it changed Faith by seeing her get treated like Buffy, but we didn't get to see a lot of that. There just wasn't time. Again, I think this should have been a three-parter episode. Um, we just didn't get to see it. This should have been a feature-length movie. You know, the length of mov that movies are today, like two and a half, three hours. <laughs> That's what I want, because um, this storyline is just the most important Buffy storyline, in my opinion, kind of. Um, I don't know if that's literally true, but close. It's definitely an important storyline to me. Because she's Buffy's shadow half, essentially. You know, we could get into all kinds of Jungian shit talking about Buffy's shadow self as manifested by Faith's character. Um, but this moment where she gets spit in the face, I think it's important. You know, it's important to see, because she's like shocked at first. Like, who would spit in my face? You know, that sort of self-righteousness that Buffy always has. But I think in that moment, it got through to her. Like, this is how Faith gets treated. I think she had a little moment there where it clicked for her that like, oh, I'm starting to understand why Faith is the way that she is because she's been treated like her. I just think you are how you're treated in a lot of ways. I mean, like I'm not trying to justify people doing terrible things. You know, you can still rise above the way that you've been treated. But I think that I don't know. I think it's important. I think it's important to just like look at how differently Faith gets treated as Buffy and how differently Buffy gets treated like Faith when she is Faith. And I wish they would have explored that more. You know, like the biggest ramifications that we deal with in this particular episode is Buffy being mad at Riley for having sex with Faith. What we should have been dealing with is... Buffy reconciling, you know, how Faith must feel. Like, I want Buffy to give a shit about Faith. Why can't she give a shit about Faith? <gasps> anyway, she's not going to, so I need to move on. Um, Faith is mean to Tara. Faith was going to ignore a vamp, but... So, for whatever reason, Willow and Tara go to the bronze, and they run into Buffy faith in Buffy's body and she's like I'm just blowing off some steam and then she Willow introduces Tara to Buffy this is interesting too just to think about this all of this from Tara's perspective like she initially she essentially kind of has to meet Buffy three times she's never met Buffy before the first time she meets her it's faith in Buffy's body later in this episode Willow introduces her to Buffy for real this time, but in Faith's body. And then some other off-screen time that we don't see, she is introduced to Buffy 
in her own goddamn body, essentially. Like, there has to have been a moment where she's like, oh, hi, it's you in your real body now. Cool. How's it going? (laughs) Nice to meet you again. So she had to, it must have been confusing for her, you know? Um, Obviously, she's wise beyond her years, but it just, that would be so weird the first time you meet your girlfriend's best friend it's in the wrong body and then the second time she's still in the wrong body and then you know anyway um okay Mm-mm. so here's another choice so basically she's like um having this conversation with willow and tara and willow points out to faith like look look at that guy And Faith's like, oh, yeah, that's a vampire. Good call. And then she just kind of sits there for a second. Willow's just kind of looks at her pointedly. And she's like, oh, yeah, I should slay him. And then she goes outside and she slays him. This is another choice that Faith is making. She could have easily at this moment, she could have been like, well, I don't want to. This is complicated. I don't want to hang out with Willow. I came to the bronze to just dance the night away and get drunk or whatever. I don't. This is not what I came here for. She could have, and what Faith normally would have done as Faith's character in this moment, she would have just ducked out at that moment. She she wouldn't have bothered killing the vampire. She would have just ducked out and gone to do whatever the fuck she wanted elsewhere. Maybe find Spike in his crypt or whatever. But she didn't. She chose to actually pursue that vampire. And another thing I noticed her fighting style. I don't know if this was a choice or not. This could have just been an oversight. It could have just been the fact that they had a lot going on in this episode, so they didn't have time for Faith to do her normal drawn out. Her fighting style is usually very drawn out. Like, she enjoys fighting. She doesn't want it to end quickly, but she slays that guy in, like, two seconds. She just kind of, like, taps him on the shoulder, and then she punches him a couple of times, and then she stakes him. And that's it. That's it. She just takes him. She doesn't draw it out like Faith normally would have done. So that's like another choice that she's making. Not only does she go after the vampire, but then she chooses to fight the vampire in the way that Buffy would do it, efficiently. And then she gets thanked. Obviously, this is a turning point as well of getting treated like Buffy gets treated. And she gets genuinely thanked by the woman that she saves. And that's something that, like, she's a little uncomfortable by it, but she also, you can tell that it means something to her. So that's a really, I don't know, it's just like, this this episode is just so much crying. So much crying. <laughs> Which, uh, okay, this is an interesting, not really interesting, I guess, but I am the type of person that, like, I will cry at like movies and TV, but it doesn't happen that often. And, but it really mostly happens with Buffy, the show. Like there are certain episodes of Buffy that I'll just be openly weeping throughout it. And this is one of those episodes and it like, it doesn't seem to really affect like my mom or my Michael, but I'm just sitting there bawling my eyes out when usually I'm not the one bawling my eyes out when other people are having emotional reactions to pop culture. Anyway. Okay. Um, first of all, 
how does she know where Riley lives? So Willow makes like a suggestion. She's like, so am I going to see you at home later or are you going to Riley's? And that's when Faith sort of gets the idea. Ooh, I could go see Riley. I could go have sex with Buffy's boyfriend. Um, how does she know where he lives? Whatever. She does. She gets there. Um, Buffy tries threats. Oh, Buffy as Faith. Um, she tries to like threaten the guys in the Watchers Council, but it doesn't work because they don't give a shit about their own lives. They're not going to give up their, you know, mission or whatever. Um, let's see. Okay. And here's where, so Tara and Willow get back to Tara's place and Tara's like, she's not your friend. And Willow's like, what? And Tara explains that like a person's energy has a cohesion and Buffy's is grating. It's like something forced in where it doesn't belong. And then she suggests that they do like a spell where they contact the nether realms, which makes no sense, but whatever. And so this is interesting because we do not normally, it's possible we will never see Tara suggest a really dangerous spell like this ever again. This is the first time we see it and possibly the last. I mean, it makes sense because like Tara is only ever going to do magic like this for a good reason. And this entire scenario is just a setup for, it's just a giant sex metaphor, essentially. However, I just think that's kind of interesting that like Tara's actually suggesting that they do something kind of dangerous. And we don't see Tara ever suggest that kind of thing for the most part. Um, and this is the first time we see kind of like some semblance of confidence and knowledge from Tara. Like usually we just get her being super shy, whatever, but she's like, no, I know about this shit. That's not your friend. Even though I've never met her before, that's not her. Um, so I like that. I just like that confidence in Tara. <laughs> My next note was, um, so this is the first time Tara and Willow do it. I'm because she at one point she's like this is like something that we've never and you know obviously the whole magic thing between Tara and Willow is a metaphor for sex it always is it's a, met or a metaphor for their feelings for each other in general like things that we can't see like them making out or whatever and then <laughs> um you know anyway and and it's cut between the scene between Faith and Riley. So they're cutting back and forth in a way where you can really put it together if you know the subtext that is going on between Tara and Will. Okay, so now we get into, this is kind of tricky, because this is a rape. You know, this is, Faith is not only raping Riley because, you know, he cannot give informed consent to this sexual encounter because he doesn't know who he's having sex with. It involves deception. And it's also a rape of Buffy because it is Buffy's body. It's an important part of who she is, even though she's not there right now. It is. So 
this is a huge transgression. This is a huge choice that Faith is making. Is she making it based on pain? Yes. That doesn't make it right, though. It's not okay. And that sucks that it's not okay. But we're going to talk about other aspects of it, too. Um, I just want to make sure that that gravity is there. That, like, we acknowledge that this is a rape. It is. Like, that's not the way that I would have worded it whenever I first saw this. But it is. Um, it's a rape of Riley and a rape of Buffy. So she goes into this by like being like, okay, what nasty little things do you want to do with this body? Blah, blah, blah. And Riley's like, I'm not doing this. You know, he just essentially, you know, at one point she says, he's like, what are you playing at? And Faith says, I'm Buffy. And Riley's like, okay, then I'll be Riley. So this is a nice moment where like Riley is a genuinely good human. This is something that like, even though we know he's boring, he is a consistently good human. This is important. We really need to like Riley more than we do. <laughs> I'm an advocate of Riley. Um, even though the poor guy, anyway, um, he's so boring, but poor guy. So he then kind of makes it a point to say, I'm not going to play weird games with you right now. Like if you want to have sex, let's go for it, but we're going to have sex in a loving way. And here's another choice that Faith makes. Okay. First of all, again, this is a rape of Buffy and a rape of Riley. However, her decision to go ahead and do it anyway when it changes from being, you know, an empty, perverted sexual encounter, which is the way that Faith is used to having sex, to an actual, loving, eye contact kind of intimate encounter, she, ch she still chooses to have it. Yes, it's a bad idea. She shouldn't be doing that because they cannot have informed consent about this particular situation. However, her choice to do it anyway, to be that intimate with someone is important. It is her choosing light instead of darkness, even though it's, she's choosing light in a very dark rapey way. <laughs> she's still choosing light instead of darkness, if that makes sense. And then, okay, so then we, we're, we're going back and forth between Willow and Tara and Buffy and Riley at this point, or Faith and Riley at this point. So metaphors and metaphors and metaphors. The next scene is Willow pulling the curtains closed. <laughs> and then her and Tara are doing the spell to the nether regions. I'm using quotation fingers there. Um, and they make a giant O. O is for orgasm <laughs> and they're all sweaty and there's like a definite orgasm energy. Um, it's a thing. It's very like heavy breathing, sweating, the whole thing. 
I don't know how this tells them what's going on with Buffy, but whatever. They just had to shoe the horn that in somehow because they couldn't actually show them making out and consummating their relationship, which is sad. You know, like, it would have been so nice to just see, like, Willow and Tara just decide, like, having a nice kissy moment. And, like, later we get to see that, but we have to wait a long time before we get to see that. But anyway... And then we cut back to Faith and Riley to right after they've done it and like Riley's making intense eye contact with her while he's still on top of her or something, which the fact that Riley's on top, like that's a relinquish, that is Faith relinquishing some control right there. But anyway, so he's kind of making intense eye contact with her and he tells her that he loves her. It's possible this is the first time that he has said it to her. We've not seen it happen before, anyway. And the way that he says it is in kind of a brand new way. Then Faith starts freaking out. She's like, what? What? No, get off me. Get off me. And she starts like kind of like hyperventilating. There's a lot of weird little quick cuts in this which make me think how much of this was actually happening versus because we had that scene when they were at Giles's place earlier where Faith has like a little fantasy moment of her stabbing Willow that didn't really happen. This has the same sort of like quick cuts and editing that makes me think that part of this like, I believe that she kind of freaked out a little bit and she, like, pushed him off of her and got up and then she started, like, kind of freaking out. I mean, I think that happened. But I think... As as many times as she was like, no, get off, get off, get off me, before Riley actually reacted, I think part of that must have been in her head. Um, it just wasn't done super well, so it's hard to tell what's going on in that scene, but... I, but I think that's what we're supposed to think is that she didn't actually tell him to get off of her as many times as she did because he would have done it immediately, you know? Um, he's not that slow. But his reaction in the scene is a little strange because she's like freaking out. And she's like, she says, who are you? What do you want from her? And this is a weird little moment too because it's almost like, Faith has a moment of like, not only is she freaking out because she's not used to this kind of in intimacy, but she's also kind of like, she's having some sort of protection moment, this protective moment towards Buffy. Like, like obviously someone couldn't really feel this towards anyone. So what do you want from her? what do you want? Like she has a moment of getting protective for Buffy, which is interesting. Like, what do you want from her? Um, like she, she just automatically doesn't understand how someone could, you know, be so adoring towards her, <clears throat> which is interesting. I don't know. There's, there's something there that I don't quite know how to talk about. And then Riley gets up from the bed and he's like, what's going on? What's, what's wrong? You know, like, and then he gets up from the bed and he's like, oh my God, you're shaking. It's like, he doesn't even like hear the words that are coming out of her mouth. He's just like, it's like, why are you freaking out all of a sudden? You know? And he just takes care of her. He wraps a blanket around her and he's like, 
he just hugs her. And this is another choice that Faith makes. It would be so much more in line with Faith's character to just like run out. Even Buffy, if she didn't, Buffy doesn't, if she doesn't want to be comforted, she's not going to be comforted. Even Buffy would have like, if she was feeling like weird in some kind of way in that moment, she would have just been like, no, I'll see you tomorrow. I'm out of here right now. She would have run off. Even Buffy. But Faith, in this moment, she forces herself, even though she's uncomfortable and she feels weird, she allows herself to be comforted by him. And then she ends up staying with him overnight. And the next scene you see between the two of them, she's putting on his shirt and leaving while he's still asleep. Like she's still making the choice to go ahead and go to the airport which it's 8.30 and her flight is at 10 a.m. Hey, pre-2001 world, how you doing? But she still goes home and gets dressed and then goes to the airport when it's 8.25 when she looks at Riley's clock. <laughs> anyway, she puts on his shirt to leave. So this is a level of intimacy that Faith has definitely never experienced. She always kicked the guy out as soon as, or she bolted as soon as, you know, they had sex. That's, that's how she is. But she has that moment where she almost bolts and he convinces her to stay. And she is comforted by that in some way. She allows herself to be loved and comforted. So it really sucks to say it because, you know, again, we need to acknowledge that Faith is raping Buffy and Faith is raping Riley in this moment of having sex with Riley. However, this was an important part of her, her road towards wanting atonement. Like we're going to see you know, how she reacts when she's back in her own damn body again and she ends up on Angel and she does some shitty stuff when she gets to that point. But when she has to reconcile, you know, being in her own body and being treated like herself, but also the things that she learned while she was being treated like a good person when she was in Buffy's body, it's a whole thing. We're going to be talking a lot about it. But I don't know. <laughs> What sucks is even though she was doing a terrible thing and it's not okay that she did that, this was an important part of her journey because allowing herself to be loved by someone in that way was completely new for her and it made a difference. And I think even that the writing and the episode is wanting you to think that this is the biggest turning point. Like, I think it was all of it. Like, Joyce hugging her. Like, everybody just in general throughout the episode treating her like Buffy was something that Faith never expected. And, okay, here's a new thought. I've never thought about this before. So, for in the last episode, we, you know, like, we'll never know. But was the mayor intending for her to do this Katra spell this body switching spell with Buffy from the beginning? If he was, did he also take it so far? You know, like the way that he was talking, like there's not going to be a place for you in this world anymore, blah, 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 really controlling weird bullshit, but also could be viewed in the way of maybe 
He wanted her to switch bodies with Buffy. And he wanted her to find her goodness again. It's possible. Like, the mayor, we're, we're actually supposed to think that the mayor really gives a shit about Faith. So, maybe he thought that, you know, if good prevailed, then he wanted her to be on the side of good. And that was his push. Maybe not only did he want her to have Buffy's body, but he wanted her to have her life and learn to be a good slayer again. If he, you know, in the event that he didn't get to ascend in that alternate reality, you know, like maybe he actually wanted this for her, which is interesting to think about. You know, we'll never know again. So as she's leaving, she runs into stupid forest. <laughs> I feel so like we get one fucking character of color that's recurring and he's such an asshat. But anyway, so that sucks that they had to write him like that, but they did. And Forrest's like, I see you're not letting him get any sleep. You know, he needs to heal, blah, 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 because he's still healing from that injury from a couple episodes ago. And, you know, he says something like, oh, you're a killer. And this is the first time we see her reacting with genuine conviction in a way that really reminds us of Buffy. So she she's like, I am not a killer. I'm a slayer. There's a difference. Which, how many times have we heard Buffy say that exact thing? So many times. And she's actually saying it with real conviction. She still goes to, like, change her clothes or whatever. And we the next scene that we see her... Well, I guess I'm skipping ahead. So let's go back to um, cut to Buffy with the Watcher's Council. She saves herself at this point. This is the first time I've ever noticed that they were going to kill her. Because you get this little, like interchange they've been like hiding out in a warehouse for a while because they were figuring out they were waiting to see if the watchers council could actually get them passage to england because they're trying to take her to england and in this scene you see one of them saying to the other one they couldn't get passage so they're gonna have to kill her they didn't like literally say we're gonna have to kill her but they're like contingency plan or plan b or something and one of the guys says get the gas torch the place and then Buffy escapes like she didn't overhear that but she just at that point escaped and she drove the car and got out of there so like what if that had happened you know like that's an interesting like alternate storyline to just think about for a second like obviously we don't want that to be the case but what if the watchers council watchers council had killed Buffy in that moment what if she didn't man manage to escape? And, like, everybody in the Scooby gang probably eventually realized that. Or what if they didn't? What if they never realized? What if Faith just lived out Buffy's life and had to deal with the guilt of, like, knowing that her body had been killed and therefore Buffy had been killed? Like, that's just an interesting thing to think about, like, just for a second. Um, you know, what if her redemption had taken place while living out her life in Buffy's body and the guilt that she has to carry with her for all time for that? That's 
that's an interesting little alternate storyline. I'd like to read that novel. Okay. <laughs> um, very interesting. Obviously, this show, I mean, maybe not obviously, but this show does a really, really good job with wardrobe symbolism. Like, that's something that really has an effect on me. I like it when any pop culture does that. So this, obviously, when... When Buffy is first in Faith's body, she puts on the leather, or Faith is first in Buffy's body, she puts on the leather pants, she puts on the black tank top, she puts on the push-up bra. She's being herself. She's being Faith. And then, you know, her only other costume change is putting on Riley's shirt when she wakes up the next morning. Riley's like you know, denim shirt. She puts that on. She wants to carry that experience with her. You know, obviously that's that. That's the symbolism right there. She takes his shirt because she wants to carry that symbolism of the intimacy that she actually shared with another human being that's new for her. And then we see her at the airport wearing Buffy blue. She's wearing a Buffy blue sweater and a white skirt with flowers on it. She has just made a transformation. Like that is not something that, I mean, in this context, I enjoy it. However, in the context of Faith as a human being, I don't ever, Faith as a human being and as, and as a character played by Elijah Dushku, I would never want to see in that outfit ever. It would just make me cranky. Every time a character like takes their nose ring out or something at the end of the movie to show transformation, like, I don't like that. I don't like sacrificing your individuality and strangeness and style in order to show that you're a better person now. Like, you don't have to show it in that way. However, in this particular context, wearing Buffy blue and a flowery skirt in Sarah Michelle Gellar's body, it makes sense <laughs> to me. <laughs> She's obviously made a transformation. Like, she was still going to get on the plane and get out of there because she thought she had no choice. But she had been transformed. And then she sees the news, the final and most important choice that Faith makes in this episode is she sees, like, the newscast of, like, vampires holding up people in a church and she leaves she sacrifices her freedom she sacrifices her mother fucking freedom and maybe she thought she was just gonna go kill those vampires real quick and then get on a later flight maybe that's what she thought or maybe that's what she told herself but she was she wanted back in she wanted back into Buffy's life she got called back into it her, like, innate duties as a slayer called her back. She is redeemable. And this episode is a perfect example of how if everybody had just banded together and really put their heads together and figured out how to fucking help her, they could have helped her. But they didn't. Like she, this episode shows me unequivocally that she can be redeemed. And obviously we're supposed to think that. It's, it's just so powerful. Anyway. <laughs> okay, where are we? 
Um, Buffy with Giles is so cute. So, like, she has, you know, gotten out with the armored car or whatever. She just goes immediately to Giles and convinces him what's happening. And then Willow and Tara walk in and they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. We got, we got your solution right here. We got the Katra. It, this beautiful glowing orange, glowing green ball was conjured from our lovemaking. Go forth, get your body back. <laughs> um, I think it's funny that they didn't even tell Xander what was going on. He like calls while they're at Giles' house when Tara and Willow had just shown up and presented the Katra. And Giles answers the phone. He's like, yeah, Buffy's here. Well, here's the thing. And then Xander interrupts and tells him to turn the TV on. And Giles just hangs up the phone. And they we don't see him again in this episode. So he just, like, is completely out of the loop on this entire situation, which I find hilarious. Especially from a Joss Whedon written and directed episode. Like, his surrogate character is Xander. So I think it's kind of interesting that he chose to, like, keep him out of this episode. Um, so then vampire church situation, um, Faith shows up first as Buffy. Riley's already there because he was just late for church and she kind of, there's this sweet little moment where she essentially saves him or she at least has the intention to save him because he tries to go inside the church with her and she pokes him in the ribs like, I can't use you. But she doesn't say it in a shitty way. She says, I can't use you like, as in, I care about you. You might get hurt. Stay behind. Which is all the subtext of her saying, I can't use you. Just the way that she said it. Which shows that she actually gives a shit about Riley. Like, interesting, right? You know, like, this is such a transformation of her character. It's compassionate, the way that she says that. And then she goes in and she tells the vampires that they can't kill these people. And they're like, why? And she's like, because it's wrong. And she says it with the true 100% conviction at this point. Um, then Faith, Buffy S. Faith, Buffy and Faith's body shows up and gives Riley a huge hug. She's like, oh my God, Riley. And he's like, Oh, what's going on? Get out of harm's way, miss. I'm sorry. It's going to be okay or something. And I guess she tells him what's going on. We don't see it. It's off screen. I assume at this point she told him what was going on really quick, but we didn't get to see it. And then she shows up and with this great shot of like, she dusts somebody in between her and Faith and then the reveal of Buffy and Faith's body through the dust, which is an, uh, a mirroring of the shot from last season when Faith was about to leave town on some other situation, but she saved Buffy really quick when she was in peril at the docks or something like that. It's a mirror of that shot, only this time it's Buffy saving Faith, but the shot looks almost the same because she's in Faith's body <laughs> you know very interesting anyway that was also pointed out by tpn passionate nerd on youtube so i did not make that connection i should have but i didn't um and then this is where i really lose it as far as crying 
because at this point it's it's a mirror of the beginning of the episode or the end of the last episode rather where faith in her own body allows herself to get beat down at the end of the fight between her and Buffy so that she can switch bodies and then she only has to like give one last punch to herself um to end it to you know knock her out or whatever and this is a mirroring of that because Buffy allows herself to really get beat down by Faith in Faith's body before she switches them back but I also think she's kind of doing that Buffy thing where she kind of like does the fight flight or freeze she does like the freeze thing every once in a while in a really emotional situation and I think that this is also kind of what's happening in this moment because Faith like as soon as she sees her own body she just unleashes and she's just like you're you're nothing you're a murderer you're disgusting you know like and she you see her just take everything out on herself when she sees her own body and it's just the most heartbreaking scene ever it just tears me up every single time like I've never not cried during that scene like ever it it gets me so much just that self-hatred and it's it's heartbreaking you know Ugh. and it's got I just so wish that Buffy as a character would have acknowledged some of this shit that we would have gotten more time of her having empathy for faith after this experience and more of her reflections upon that because she is an empathetic person yes she's pretty self-centered but she's also empathetic so like it really would have i kind of hate that i mean is the next episode superstar yes i mean which is a funny episode fine whatever but we just really don't get maybe we do maybe we get more acknowledgement from Buffy of what Faith is going through in the next episode because it does still take place right after that happens even though it's still kind of an alternate universe alternative universe anyway okay so let's move along it's a, we're an hour and a half in okay um blah 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 okay I think we're at the end of the notes Faith unleashes on herself she let her she lets herself get beaten down before changing back and then we get this little scene between Riley and Buffy. Buffy's just sort of like recounting the situation and she's, her hair's still curly, important to note. <laughs> and she's just kind of like sitting on Riley's bed and she's sort of dejected. And you can tell that the gravity of the situation has kind of hit her. Like she is reeling from having the experience of being treated like faith um and she's talking to riley about it and in not so many words but like you can tell that you know it's it's weighing on her and from some of the things that riley says she realizes that they had sex because he's like i should have i should have known i should have oh my god you know like he's kind of freaking out and she's like shit and then she says you slept with her which I hate this language and I really hate what they do with this which we will talk about in the next episode I guess we really don't have to talk about it yet but 
just as a little foreshadowing, I really hate it. I really hate how she treats him like he had sex with Faith. Like, and she's, I understand how she would be hurt by that. And I understand that, that we need to see her being hurt by that. And maybe she needs a little space right now and everything like that. But she kind of treats him like he did something wrong when her first like yeah she can deal with it like you know it's something that she needs to have some space with it's something that she needs to you know move through her feelings about yes however I think her first thought should have been oh my god are you okay because you know it was a rape of Riley too like not as big of a deal as like a literal rape because you know in the moment it seemed like a consensual experience but now that he knows he's been deceived he's got to feel shitty about that even though it's a weird situation because it didn't feel like I mean he thought he was with Buffy he thought he was with his girlfriend so it's not as there's not as much gravity as a literal rape, but it still, it still should have been something that she should have been more compassionate about towards him, you know? But I get how she was really feeling for Faith in this moment, and then some of that was taken away by, shit, she fucked my boyfriend. I get that. I mean, we'd all have that reaction, I think. <laughs> A little bit. And she, in this moment, she recovers from it immediately. And it's kind of a little bit of that is taken away in the next episode, which we will get there. But she recovers from it almost immediately. Like she's sad about faith. She's sad about faith. And then she, you know, she's having empathy. And then she finds out that, you know, faith had sex with Riley and she freaks out for a second. And then Riley says, well, I guess she had her fun. And Buffy immediately goes back into sympathy for Faith mode. And she's like, yeah, fun. Like she knows exactly how Faith feels now for real. She knows. I just wish that would have been taken further. Like I'm ready to see like a whole therapy situation, a whole episode of Riley and Buffy talking about how this whole thing mostly makes how it makes Buffy feel but we can have interjections interjections from Riley every once in a while I want to see a long conversation I want to see just like a, a two-person play a whole episode of Buffy just unloading on like her entire relationship with Faith, like everything she's ever felt about Faith, what it felt like to be in her body. I want to hear all the psychological shit that would be going through a person's head after an experience like this. I want to like get the whole self-care rebuilding therapy session, you know, <laughs> after a huge situation like this. And it would make sense because Riley, you know, like he's probably a psych major, right? Like, it would totally make sense. And he cares about behavioral psych, especially. Is this not a behavioral psych moment? Like, the behavioral psych moment of your fucking life? Let's talk about it. <laughs> you know? Oh, that would have been great. I'm always just, like, 
for some reason, like talking, doing this podcast makes me think of like all the little pieces of media that I wish were out there. Like all these different fiction storylines that I want to be out there. Like this therapy session, but this theoretical therapy session, like Buffy's just still sitting there on Riley's bed. And like, what does she say? What is the conversation? Like three, I want to know like them spending the whole day fucking talking about this shit. Anyway. (laughs) Okay. So let's get into the ratings of the episode. I didn't even like make any of those decisions yet. So object of the episode. Well, it's, I, I mean, it just has to be, well, would I want the Katra? Like if someone was completely consenting, If somebody was completely consenting and they knew exactly what they were doing and you could switch places with them and as long as you didn't deceive anyone that they knew, it would be complicated. But if you could do it in a way that wasn't too rapey, would you want the Katra? Would that be the object, the featured object of the episode? I think it might be. Like my first thing that I just now wrote down right before I thought of the Katra was Tara's tarot cards. So I think literally if I'm picking an object, I want Tara's tarot tarot cards. I want to know what deck she uses because I didn't recognize it. I want that deck. (laughs) Um, But the Katra would be an interesting choice as well. Outfit of the episode. I'm going to go with Tara's outfit when they went to the bronze and then later did the spell. She was wearing this really cute, like, sheer multi-layered top like the bottom layer was burgundy red and the top layer was black and it was that like sort of three-quarter sleeve thing that they did in the early 2000s and she also had like a black skirt that had a floral pattern on top and then it had some other kind of weird hippie pattern on the bottom half it wasn't floral throughout but like it was a black satin skirt with a floral pattern on the top and then something else on the bottom. She just looked, she looked great. I mean, I I could easily give it to Faith and Buffy's body with the leather pants and the black tank top because that looked really great too. But, um, you know, we've seen that kind of outfit a million times before. This particular outfit on Tara, we will never see again. So that gets the outfit of the episode. Quote of the episode... Hmm. I don't know. Oh, I didn't even point this out, but it was in my notes. I skipped over it. Faith is very perceptive. I think this is something that is not, I don't, I don't know if I've ever noticed before, if this is something that's consistent with her character in general, if it's just in this episode, but like she notices immediately that Willow and Tara are a thing from the second that Tara is introduced to her. She's like, oh, Willow's not driving stick anymore, huh? Like, which is a crude, terrible way to put it. But she recognizes it immediately. And that could possibly be evidence that Faith is bisexual herself, perhaps, or pansexual or something. So, I don't know. That was just a nice little moment. And she was pretty perceptive about Spike as well. Um, so, you know, she, 
And it's possibly a Slayer thing too, though. Like you always pay attention to everything going on in a situation so that you have the best possible resources to win in a fight. So that's something that she's going to do. I mean, I think the only possible quote of the episode is Anya saying, so you're saying everything's fine? Well, I'm glad you called us all here because that information could never have been conveyed by telephone. Um, I just think that's, I I guess that's it. There aren't really that many great quotes in this episode because it's not, you know, a soundbite kind of episode. It's a psychologically traumatizing episode, which is why I love it the most. MVP of the episode? Hmm. Who is that going to (laughs) be? Um, it's not, I mean, Buffy saves herself. Faith, I mean, this is, this is her moment, but she didn't, I mean, I guess we have to give it to Faith. This is her moment. This is, this is where you get to focus on her in this episode, even though we're still focusing on Sarah Michelle Gellar as an actress for the most part, but we're focusing on her. Five by five ratings, the episode, how are women treated in this episode? They're treated fine. Like, there's more focus on women in this episode than anything, not just with Buffy and Faith, but also with Willow and Tara. Like, we really don't... All the male characters in this episode are periphery. Um, And there's just not really any real sexism going on, necessarily. Um that I can think of. So I'm going to give it a four as far as treatment of women, as far as overall enjoyability of the episode, it gets a five. It's one of my top five episodes of Buffy ever. So it's, which probably means it's one of the only ones that will get a five. Like my top 10 episodes of Buffy are the only ones that are probably going to get a five as far as enjoyability. So this episode gets five, 10, 15, 20, 20 is the overall score. Okay, um, shit, I'm gonna talk about Angel. I have a confession, I did not watch the Angel episode this week. I will probably watch it at some point this week. But I did not watch it. So let's read a little bit about it in Nikki Stafford's Angel episode guide. Just real fucking quick, and we'll see if I even have any recollection of this particular episode, because I've only watched the Angel series, like twice all the way through. Okay, it was called The Ring, written by Howard Gordon and directed by Nick Mark. Here's the summary. Angel is kidnapped and made part of a demon gladiator team that has to fight and kill 21 demons before the members will be set free. Okay. Um, I really don't actually remember this episode at all. So, sorry guys, like, I know you're not really here for the Angel Facts anyway. I do plan to overall be pretty on top of watching the Angel episodes in tangent, in tandem with the Buffy Buffy episodes, but this particular time it didn't happen. Um, I usually watch it with my mom. She doesn't like Angel. (laughs) So, on this particular night I was like, you know what? We got other things that we want to watch. Let's just skip Angel tonight. And I had had sort of the vague plan that I was going to watch it myself later, but then it didn't happen. 
And since this is such an important episode for me, for Buffy, I wanted to give it the time that it deserved. And I just made the decision this time to skip Angel. Like, I know you guys don't care, but I will always tell you guys my process. And overall, I'd like to watch the Angel episodes, but this time I didn't. And I have no recollection of that episode whatsoever, so it must have not been a very good one. By the next time we talk, I will have watched it. So if I have anything that I want to add about this particular episode, it will be a month late. But I will talk to you about it then. With that said, I guess we're done for tonight. Um, Thank you guys for listening. I really, really appreciate it. Um, I couldn't do this without you paying attention. So the fact that you do is really, really important to me. And I appreciate it a lot. So thank you. It is now officially March. It's 1230 AM. <laughs> Thank you for listening again. Um, how many times can I say it? Um, as many as I need to for you to hear it. Cause I really, really am appreciative. Um, I will talk to you guys in a month unless for some reason I just feel like I need to put another podcast episode in, but it's possible that I won't. Um, but if you, miss my voice I do have a radio show um it is every Friday from 7 to 10 central daylight time and it can be accessed from um just go to my website because the link to the radio show is on there plus there's like a little widget in my website where you can play it directly from there it's just an old blog spot blog Um, I need to like update it, but it's got links to all of my other things at least. And it is under mixtressray.com. So if you'd like to experience my radio show, it is every Friday again from seven to 10 central daylight time. Also, if you become a patron, you get the, essentially I edit together the talking segments from my live internet radio show. Um, I can't do the music because copyright infringement, like there's music during the actual radio show every week. But, um, so if you're interested, I will still be doing my weekly radio show in the next month. So you don't have to miss me if you're listening in real time in 2020 and you're thinking, God, I don't want to go a month without listening to her babble about shit. I can't imagine why you would think that, but in case you do. You can still listen to me babble about shit, either on your own time, if you become a patron, um, at any level, even just a dollar a month, you'll get my edited together. They essentially just are like podcast episodes. It's just, but it's me talking about personal shit. I'm not talking about Buffy. I'm just talking about my life and it's, it gets kind of intimate because I don't have a whole lot of patrons so I can still be pretty damn candid and just talk about like whatever the fuck I want because it's kept to a pretty small group of people. So (laughs) if you want to know all of my intimate thoughts, all you have to do is listen to my radio show or become a patron. Um, So all the information for that is on mixtressray.com. My Patreon is patreon.com slash mixtressray. Um, and yeah, if you want a tarot reading, of course, you can also listen to me talk in that way because I will be talking to you about your questions that you have, um, for a tarot reader, which would be me. Um, so links to that are also on my website. Just go to mixtressray.com if you want to know about any of the other things that I do that are all babbling related. Um, (laughs) I do tarot readings 
I do my radio show, I do the, this podcast, and I do a YouTube channel. All of those things include me babbling quite a lot. Um, so thank you guys again so much, and I will see you, um, if not through tarot readings or my radio show, then I'll be back on this podcast on, again, what is the date? March, no, April 4th, where we will talk about Superstar. Bye!